Hello campers, pull up a seat and join me by the campfire. You're just in time for a story. So fly off an adventure, won't you take me along? I need someone I can count my own. Fly off an adventure, won't you take me along and stay with me? Hello and welcome to episode one of Project Story Campfire Edition. I am your host and resident storyteller, J-Hoke Smith. It is finally here, episode one. I have been looking forward to this for a while now, and I have a couple of great stories to share with you today. Both of these stories are ones that I first heard my dad tell at camp during what everyone called No Talent Night. It wasn't called that to be mean, but to say that you didn't need talent to share something that night. The first story I have for you, I first heard when my dad told it at camp in 1993. I liked it so much that I started telling it myself back in high school. Then I told it at camp for the first time about nine years ago, and it quickly became a tradition that the kids at camp won't let me get away with not telling it. It is the story of the Green Gorilla, and I hope you enjoy it as much as my campers do. It was a long time ago, you know, way back in the early 1990s, before cell phones were carried by everyone. There was a man named Carl who was driving his pickup truck down a lonely country road, somewhere around midnight. He was on his way up north for a fishing trip with some friends over the weekend. As he was driving along, he started hearing this strange noise that at first he thought was just the backbeat of the music he was rocking out to. But soon the song was over and the noise was still there and getting louder. So he pulled to the side of the road, and just as he got into the shoulder, his truck died. He started wondering what he should do, and then he remembered seeing a house he had passed about a mile back that still had its lights on. I'll just walk back there and see if I can use their phone to call a mechanic, Carl thought. So he set out in the direction of the house. As he got closer, he could see that yes, the lights were still on in the house, just as he had seen. So he went straight for the house, walked up the long driveway, and went straight for the door. Just as he reached the door, though, the lights inside turned off. Carl felt discouraged to have walked so far, only to have the light in the house turn off just as he got there. But he knocked on the door just the same. He waited for an answer. A minute passed, then two, but no answer came. Carl was about to knock again when the door swung open and a gruff voice inside says, What do you want? Carl squinted, trying to see whoever was speaking through the dark, but could not make them out. I'm sorry to be knocking on your door so late, but my truck broke down about a mile down the road, and so I need to call a mechanic to fix it for me. I have seen your light on and hoped you might let me use your phone. After he finished talking, he waited for some kind of response. A few moments passed, Then Carl heard a sigh from inside the house, and then the lights came on, and he could see a hunched-over, very old man staring back at him. It's the middle of the night, the old man said. You won't be able to get a mechanic out here until morning. Oh, I didn't think of that, Carl said. Do you have an extra room where I could sleep tonight, and then I can call a mechanic first thing in the morning? I do have a room where you can stay for the night, but I have one rule that you must follow. The old man said. Okay, what's that? Carl asked. Don't touch my green gorilla. Don't touch your what? Don't touch my green gorilla. 
What are you talking about? Follow me. I'll show you. So Carl followed the old man through his house to the dining room. The old man started moving his antique table and chairs off the old dusty rug that was in the middle of the room. When Carl saw what he was doing, he helped him. As soon as the table and chairs were out of the way, the old man rolled up the rug and Carl saw that hidden underneath was a large trap door. The old man walked into his kitchen and when he came back he was holding a flashlight. He opened the trap door, turned on the flashlight, and shined it into the opening left by the trap door. Follow me, the old man said. Beneath the trap door there was a set of old stone stairs, much like you might see in an ancient castle. The walls were covered in cobwebs, and the musty smell of mold and damp earth filled the air. Carl almost expected to find Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory or Count Dracula's crypt at the bottom of these stairs. Instead, at the bottom of the staircase, they found a large steel door, like you might find sealing the entrance to a bank vault. The old man reached up, opened the latch, and pulled open the door. The door opened with a loud metallic creak, and as it opened, Carl could see that the door itself was a foot thick of solid steel. Carl started wondering what the old man might be keeping down here, that he might want that kind of protection to keep people out. Or a more frightening prospect, what was the old man trying to keep in? Behind the steel door, what they found was another stone staircase, just like the first. The two of them continued down it in silence until they came to a second steel door. It was just like the first one. The old man simply reached up and with a creak of metal opened the door. Behind it was yet another stone staircase. When they reached the bottom of the third stone staircase and found a third steel door that was identical to the first two, the old man finally broke the silence by saying, You might want to back up just a tad. As Carl stepped back, he could feel his heart begin to speed up as adrenaline raced through his veins. No sooner did the old man get the door open than a great big green hand swiped down right where Carl had just been standing. Aside from being green, it looked just like a gorilla's hand. It had long razor-sharp nails at the end of each finger and was about the size of Carl's chest. Carl ran his eyes along the hand and up the hairy green arm to find himself staring into the eyes of a massive green gorilla. Its mouth was filled with long sharp fangs and its eyes were blood red and staring right back at Carl. The look on the green gorilla's face said, I'm gonna get you. Thankfully, Carl could see that the green gorilla was attached to the opposite wall by a heavy metal chain that kept him just out of reach of the green gorilla's long arms. The old man simply looked at Carl and in a calm voice said, Don't touch my green gorilla. Carl answered back, I, I won't. So the old man took him upstairs and showed him to the room where he would be sleeping. And as Carl was getting ready for bed, he started wondering, Why doesn't the old man want me to touch his green gorilla? Is he afraid I might hurt it? Huh, I'd be more worried that it would hurt me. What would happen if I touched it? Would the old man even know that I had? Carl decided that he wanted to find out. So he waited for the old man to fall asleep. Then he grabbed a flashlight and snuck quietly down into the dining room. With great caution not to make a noise, 
Carl moved the tables and chairs from the top of the ancient rug and then rolled it up. He opened the trap door carefully so as not to make any noise, and then he started down the stairs. Carl made his way carefully and quietly down the first stone staircase. When he reached the first steel door, he opened it slowly to try to avoid any creaking. He did not want to wake anybody up. Not the old man, and definitely not the green gorilla. As soon as the steel door was open, he started down the second stone staircase. At the bottom of it, he came to the second steel door. At the moment, he couldn't remember just how many doors there were. Had it been two? Or had there been more? He couldn't remember for sure. So to be safe, he opened the door slowly and peeked behind it to find the third stone staircase. As he headed down this stone staircase, his heart began to race again. He reached the third and final steel door, and his heart started pounding in his ears as he turned the latch. He slowly opened the door and found the green gorilla asleep in the middle of the room. He knew that it was asleep because he could hear its slow, steady breathing. Carl reached an open hand out towards the gorilla, and as his hand got closer to the green fur, he started thinking about the long, sharp fangs, dripping with drool. He thought of the long arms tipped with razor-sharp claws, and he saw in his mind's eye the blood-red eye staring back at him. Nope, he couldn't do it. He went back upstairs and went to bed. The next morning, Carl got up, and the first thing he did was call a mechanic. Unfortunately, the mechanic had a lot of other customers that he had to help, and so he wouldn't get to Carl's truck until later that evening. So Carl spent the day on the front porch with the old man, just watching the grass grow and waiting for the mechanic to arrive. It got to be 6 o'clock when the mechanic finally got there. He towed Carl's truck into the old man's driveway and started working on it. It took so long that he didn't get finished until after the sun started setting. It's way too late for me to start out at this point, Carl said. Can I stay in your house for one more night and I can start out first thing in the morning? That's fine. Just don't you forget. Don't touch my green gorilla. The old man said. Yes, of course. I won't touch it, Carl said. Yet at the very moment, Carl was formulating a plan to sneak downstairs again while the old man was sleeping. This is it. Don't get scared, Carl thought to himself. One last chance to find out why the old man doesn't want me touching his green gorilla. So Carl went up to his room and waited for the old man to go to sleep. As soon as he was asleep, Carl grabbed his flashlight and snuck down to the dining room. He moved the furniture out of the way and rolled up the rug to reveal the trap door hidden underneath. He opened it and started down the first stone staircase with confidence in every footstep. He opened the first steel door with hardly a sound and started down the second stone staircase. He had started this journey with confidence, but the closer he got to the gorilla's lair, the more he started feeling this may have been a mistake. As he opened the second steel door, he nearly chickened out, but instead he took a deep breath and continued on. He reached the third and final door and reached for the latch. It took all the courage he could muster to turn that latch and open the door. Inside the room, just like the night before, Carl saw the gorilla lying in the middle of the floor asleep. He looked to make sure it was still chained to the wall. Then he reached his hand out toward the mound of green fur. As he reached in, 
he started to think about those blood-red eyes looking back at him. He thought about those long, sharp claws and the long, sharp things. He reached in, and he touched it! Instantly, the gorilla was awake and on his feet. Carl was frozen in shock as the gorilla turned to look him right in the eyes. This was really a bad idea, Carl thought to himself, and he started moving backwards, slowly, keeping his eyes fixed on the gorilla. As he did, the gorilla reached behind itself, grabbed the chain, and ripped it from the wall, and turned back to face Carl. Carl knew he was in trouble now. He tried to scream, but no sound came out. He willed his feet to move, but they seemed to be glued to the floor. The gorilla took a deep breath and then let out a tremendous roar! Without thinking, Carl turned and ran up the first flight of stairs, slamming the door behind him. He ran as fast up those stairs as he could, and as he reached the second steel door, he heard a loud BOOM behind him. He looked back to see that the gorilla had smashed through the first door. Carl quickly slammed the second steel door behind him and started moving faster up the second stone staircase, now taking it two steps at a time. He reached the third steel door and didn't even look back as he heard another BOOM with the green gorilla smashing through another steel door. He slammed the third steel door behind him and ran up the final stone staircase, now taking it three steps at a time. Carl leapt through the trap door and started throwing the old man's table and chairs on top of it. He knew it wouldn't stop the gorilla, but it might slow it down. He sprinted for the front door, and as he opened it, he heard a big crash come from behind, and a table leg flew right past his head. Carl didn't even bother closing the front door. He just ran for his truck. He fumbled with his keys for about a second, unlocked the truck, and climbed in. He turned the ignition, and the truck started right up. As the green gorilla bolted out the front door and ran straight for him, he quickly peeled out of the driveway. As he pulled onto the road, he pressed the gas pedal down as far as it could go. He got his truck going 50, 60, 70 miles an hour. The green gorilla was still chasing him. He got it going 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. The green gorilla was catching up. He maxed out the speed of his truck at 120 miles an hour. The green gorilla jumped onto the back of his truck. Carl started swerving back and forth on the road, trying to throw it off his truck. The green gorilla started climbing towards the front. It reached up and smashed in the driver's side window, tapped Carl on the shoulder, and said, Tag, you're it. And that, campers, is the story of the green gorilla. But don't go anywhere. I have another story for you. The second story that I'm going to share with you is another one my dad told at camp. I believe it was around 1994. And I have been telling this one at camp over the last nine years as well. And the kids request to hear it almost as much as they do the Green Gorilla. This story is known as Bangity Bang Bang. Many years ago, there was a war being fought between two countries. And the war had been going on for several years. One of the two countries needed more soldiers for their army and so they brought in some new recruits. On the first day of basic training, the drill sergeant stood in front of the men and said, All right, boys, we're going to start you off in the rifle range. Unfortunately, all our rifles are currently being used out on the battlefield as we speak. So what I want you to do is hold up your hands like you are holding a rifle, aim at the target, and say, Bangity bang bang! Now, of course, this sounded ridiculous to the recruits, but none of them wanted to say so because the drill sergeant was large 
and a scary-looking man. So all that week, they stood out at the rifle range doing just what they had been told to do. The very next week, the drill sergeant stood in front of them again and said, Boys, this week we're going to train you on bayonets. Unfortunately, we have no bayonets for you. Even if we did, we still don't have any rifles for you to affix them on. So you are going to put your arms like you are holding a rifle at your side, run up to the target, swing your arms forward, and yell, Stabity Stab Stab! So once again, they spent the week practicing how to use their weapons, without any actual weapons. Then orders came that these recruits should be sent out to the front lines. So the drill sergeant took them out and dropped them off on the front lines. He left them with these final words. I have no weapons to give you, so unless you find any just lying around, just do what you did during basic training. Then he drove off, leaving them all there in shock. What are we going to do? One of the men said. Like Sarge said, another answered. Just do what we did in training. Who knows? It might work. All of a sudden, they saw an enemy soldier come marching over a nearby hill. One of the soldiers lifted up his hands, as though he were holding a rifle, took aim, and shouted, Bangdy bang bang! The enemy soldier fell over. The men were shocked and excited that it worked. But then a shell went off nearby, and they all quickly took cover in a trench. As soon as they got down in there, they saw that there was another enemy soldier in there with them. Without thinking, the same man swung his arms in the man's direction and yelled, Stabity stab stab! The enemy soldier fell over. They couldn't believe it. It worked. It all worked. The same man as before got so excited he wanted to try it some more. So he jumped out of the trench and looked in the distance. Sure enough, there was another enemy soldier walking in his direction. So he lifted up his arms and shouted, Bangity bang bang! Nothing happened. The enemy soldier kept walking towards him. So he tried again. Bangity bang bang! Bangity bang bang! It still wasn't working. So he waited for the enemy soldier to get closer. Then he ran up, and swinging his arms in the enemy soldier's direction, he shouted, Stabity stab stab! That didn't work either. The enemy soldier knocked him over into the mud and walked over top of him. As the enemy soldier walked away into the distance, the man could hear him saying over and over, Dangity dang dang, dangity dang dang. There you go. I hope you enjoyed that story as well. Before I go, I want to say a special thanks again to my friend Carter LaGrange for the use of his song Adventure as the theme song for Project Story. Go check him out wherever you get your music from. Also, I want to let you know that if you would like to get a hold of me, either to give me feedback or to share a story of your own, you can send those to me at projectstory.fire at gmail.com. Or you can connect with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at jhoaxsmith1. Or you can find me on Instagram. Just search for jhoaxsmith and look for the Project Story logo. I will put a link to all of those in the show notes. I also want to let you know that if you share your story with me and give me permission, it may appear in a future episode of Project Story. That is all I have for you this week. Join me here by the fire again in two weeks for another story. I will share with you at that time a retelling of one of my favorite fables. Until next time, keep living your story and be sure to make it the best story you can.